That sounded good. You guys sound good. Hey, I have the privilege of announcing this morning or introducing this morning our speaker. And before I call him up, I want to tell you a little bit about him and his wife. Um, They have been a part of this community for years And they have done so much behind the scenes. I'm really excited to be able to have him stand up here for the first time this morning and to share out of the overflow of his heart the things that the Father has been doing on the inside of him for years. Um, He and his wife have been on staff in other churches in different states for a total of eight years um, in a pastoral capacity, leading uh, youth and, um, and students. They, uh, his wife, I'm trying not to name names yet, his wife is a powerful woman in the Lord who in the last 13 years uh, oversees, she coordinates um, mops groups. She's done it in three different states. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of moms and their young ones have been brought through to be equipped um, in the, the, the principles of the kingdom, the love of the Lord. They are currently, as a couple, on our pastoral team. They have bring, brought leadership in the past to our West Palm Beach services and our uh, small group settings, our small groups up in the Palm Beach area. Again, I am so excited to introduce our speaker today. Why don't you give a warm welcome with me to Brian Sodoma. Good morning. That was, that was too nice. Someone was like, I'm excited to hear you today. I said, just, you know, expectations here. If I over-deliver, then that's good. I'm really loud, so I don't know if you're going to adjust my microphone. I hold it really close. I'm sorry. You guys, like, plug your ears if I'm screaming too loud. Well, good morning. I'm excited to be up here. We've been at the harbor for, like Julie said, a few years now. Um, very excited to get to share with you guys today. Darren says his love. He also asked for prayers. He's in Wyoming and he woke up. It's 23 degrees. Really hot microphone. Turn me down a little bit. 23 degrees. That's, I mean, I don't remember. We lived in Kansas City for a while. I grew up in upstate New York, but that's, that's cold. For those of you who don't know, there's this thing called snow. It's when the rain freezes. We don't have that in Florida. That happens up there. Um, So we're praying for Darren today. Um, But yeah, Julie, what a great introduction. Thank you. My lovely wife, Melissa, is here. Two of my five kids are here. My mom, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, some friends. My father-in-law said, just make sure you mention Jesus a couple times during your message. So there's one. There's one. I got another one coming later. So, uh, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to share with you uh, the message series we're in right now is called Tipping Point, so I'm going to share with you a message on that. But before I do, just a little bit more about, you know, who I am. I've lived all over the U.S. Um, in multiple states. I've never lived anywhere longer than eight years or so. Um, I was born in Missouri. It's the middle of the country, if you don't know where it is, if you're in the middle of nowhere, right in the middle. Or if you're from, like, the backwoods of Missouri, you say misery, Missouri. <laughs> But a little fun fact about Missouri, their state motto is the show me state. It's on their license plates, the show me state. A congressman in 1899 said that, so they adopted that. It barely, when they took it to a vote, it barely beat out the other motto that they wanted to go with was come visit us because misery loves company. Barely. 
I barely, someone got it. Thank you. I'll be here all day. That, that was free. That was free. Um, but I'm excited to share with you. Yeah, we've been youth pastors for a long time out in California. We were youth pastors. And then when I was in Kansas, we were like the associate youth pastors there. I love playing second fiddle and let the main guy do all the stuff. And I just get to show up and have the fun. And he got to clean up. So it was, it was a good time doing that. But we're excited to come here. What, what she was saying about my wife, my wife has been a, a coordinator and a part of MOPS. MOPS isn't like a cleaning service. It's Mothers of Preschoolers is the name. It's an international organization uh, for 13 years. Am I right on that? So um, she's been a part of that and been able to minister to hundreds and hundreds of women uh, through that out in California, then in Kansas City, now here in Florida. So she's an integral part of that, and one of her prayer partners that head up the prayer team is here today with Kayla. So I'm excited to have them here today. Uh, But tipping point. So we can put up the definition of tipping point. We've been in this series for a while. Um, I think it's coming up on the screen there. It's the critical point in a process beyond which a significant and often unstoppable effect or change takes place. So this is the series we've been on in a while. Darren's preached a couple times. Amanda Lee a few weeks ago preached on the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. And I want to focus today on that word beyond. A tipping point, you think about this critical process, something that you're doing, but we can't go past that word beyond. Because sometimes you come to a tipping point, you come to a critical process in your life, and it's like hitting a wall. And you stop, and maybe you turn back. Right? Or you feel like you hit a ceiling, and maybe it's your work, maybe it's your ministry, maybe it's a relationship, your finances, whatever it may be. And what I want to focus on today is the beyond and how to get through those tipping points, how to identify them. Hopefully, today, when we leave and wrap up, when you walk away, you walk away with some knowledge and some skills, maybe of how to identify when you're at a tipping point in your life, and then how to surround yourself with the right kind of people to help you through those situations. Darren says all the time, the old proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, right? We need good people in our lives to do that. How many of you feel like you need a a tipping point or you're, you're at one in your life and you're ready for something today, whether that be your finances, your relationship, your work, something, right? You're just you're ready. You feel like you're on the edge of something. I don't know if it's just me. I see a lot of heads nodding. Even in worship today, I'm like, man, we're on the edge of something today that just is at that point where God's about to do something. My wife reminded me, someone texted her, says, we're, what, three months away from a new decade. We're about to hit a new decade in the 20s, right? And it's, we're at a significant time, I believe, in our lives here that we can go together and get this tipping point that we're at through it and beyond it and get to the other side of it. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to focus on that word. So the significant and unstoppable effect is on the other side of our tipping points. So you want that significant and that unstoppable effect. You want that something to change in your life. Today I'm going to share with you some of our story as we've been married. Last week, last Saturday, my wife and I celebrated our 17-year anniversary. We... We're doing good. Yesterday, my oldest son turned 13. I have a teenager. I know that makes me old. It's official. I joined the club. But I'm excited to share with you some of the tipping points that we went through in our lives. 
Darren said this last week, and, and he said it, and he passed on it, but I, I, it shook me when he said this last week. He said, you can't serve the world unless you have authority, and you can't have authority unless you serve. And he said that, and I was just, I shook my head a couple of times. I typed, I take all my notes in my iPad every week, and I type that down, and I'm like, oh my goodness, because I believe a lot of times we want to have an area of authority in something. We want to feel like we've been through something or be able to share something with you. And a lot of times in this, in this society where you have instant gratification at your fingertip, fingertips with Facebook or Instagram or whatever, right, social media, everything is right there and you want to feel like, oh, I read it once, I got it. I got that. I'm ready to share. I'm ready to serve because I read it, I Googled it, I'm good, I'm a professional, right? And it doesn't allow us to to search out, like Trent was singing that song, like the, the glory is in the searching and finding things out, right, and going through some things a day. Sometimes you come up to a tipping point and we can't get past it, so we just Google it or ask Siri, how do I get through this tipping point? And they give us an answer, so we're like, nailed it, got it. I'm going to post that, make it look pretty, right? And I'm not knocking social media posts or whatever, but we got to go through some things in our lives, right? we got to go through some things in our relationships. You better believe in the 17 years I've been married, we've been through some things, right? It's, I mean, this is where that critical point that we talked about in that definition is coming to. You get authority by going through things, learning them, then being able to teach others and walk them through the same things. You get authority in an area after you've experienced a tipping point in that area. And you now can speak from that place of authority because you've been through the fire, right? You can now serve those going through the same thing around you. Not for nothing. I'm married 17 years. If my wife and I are coming at a point of struggle or whatever, I'm not going to seek out my single friends to ask for advice. And that's not a knock against my single friends. But if I have a tipping point in my life, I'm going to seek out a couple that's been married that I know is walking through something. And I can say, hey, you've been there. What did you do when you look back, right? What did you do? If I have a, my teenager now, right, I got five kids. One of them's a teenager going through stuff with kids, right? I'm going to ask people to have kids. Like, what, what is going on? These, what is kicking in right now? How can you help me walk through this and get through my own personal tipping point at that life, right? It's funny. At work, I constantly have people trying to promote themselves or get ready or move beyond when, before they've been through any tipping points. I've been in the same industry working and selling the same product and working for the same company for 15 and a half years now. Um, and I'll have salespeople, I mean, it ha- I mean, I can tell you this, it happens at least once a week. I'll have a salesperson come to me and they have a really good month. Maybe they finish number one or whatever it is, they do really good. And they're like, Brian, I'm ready. Let me, let me get the keys in my own store. I'm ready to run my own store. I was like, you just had a good a month. <laughs> and I'm not knocking their good month. I'm not, you know, I try not to come at them sideways and then they get all in their feelings about it. I'm like, hey, good, th- good job. Here's a ribbon, right? You get a certificate. You get a good commission check for that, right? Remember it. But let's go through some things together, right? I was doing the math. I was doing the math this week. And in the 15 and a half years that I've been in this industry, right? And, and uh, I work with cell phones. I won't tell you what company because I, d- I don't want to help you fix your phone. <laughs> I, I won't do it. I refuse to tell you. But in the 15 and a half years I've been working here, I did the math and I started out in California back in 2004. And I've been with it and joined a new company selling the same product, but a new company when we moved to Kansas City. And in the 
the districts I've been a part of and the customers that have come through my door, I've been a part of over 2 million customer interactions in the stores I've worked at, the stores I've managed, the stores I've owned over the 15 and a half years. I've seen some things, right? I've been through some tipping points. If someone's having a struggle with a certain type of customer interaction or a certain type of employee situation, I've had employees, you know, I've hired, I've fired, I've had employees die that are working for us, two of them, unfortunately. I've had, been through some stuff, Right? I, I'm a professional now. Like, I feel like I'm HR. If someone comes in and they have, they're sick or this, you get doctors, no, here's what you need, boom, 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 done, because I've been through it and I can help out. But then I have managers that come to me too, and they have a, one good month, two good months, and Brian, I'm ready to be a district manager. I'm ready to run my own district. Give me 10 stores. I'm like, I, I can, I can help you get there. Just give me some time. Let's go through some things together, right? Let's go through some life together with work, right? And let's go through some things and see you come out the other side. Not saying that you, you can't go through things and mess up. That's how I learn, right? I just read this book by this, this radio host. I listened to Bobby Bones and he wrote this book called Fail Until You Don't, right? And his whole mantra in life is about just going through and just failing and learning and failing and learning. And I'm like, that, that could have been me writing that book, Fail Until You Don't, right? I'm standing up here now you know, looking halfway decent. But man, there's a lot of failures in my life in the last 39 and a half years I've been on this earth, right? Um, yeah, I want to show you guys a picture. Do you have that picture back there I put up? Is that, okay, there it is. That's, that's my family. Those are paid models. I just hired them to stand near me. It's expensive now to get people to stand with you in a photo. No. That's my wife, Melissa, my oldest, Ian. Cadence is here today. And then Tatum and the young two, Eli and Isabel, are twins. And I show this picture, why? Because this was, I don't know if it still is. It might be my profile picture or something online, but I post this picture, right? And everybody posts their best. No one, you know, hashtag woke up like this. I didn't wake up like that, right? Like, (laughs) Wendy's wearing a shirt, blessed. Hashtag blessed, right? You know, it's, we like to put our best foot forward, and rightfully so. A lot of us don't like to post about our struggles, you know. A lot of us don't like to post about when we tripped up or messed up or whatever. But I wanted to show you this picture. You could take it down. My legs are really blinding white. Sorry about that. I wanted to show you that picture because you look at that and you see a family, right? You see me, you see my wife, you see her five kids, right? And you think, wow, man, they got it. They, they've got the, you know, a white picket fence. They got the dog, the cat, the whatever. They, They've got it under, but what you don't see is the tipping points that we've been through in the 17 years we've been married. We've got five kids. Listen, my, one of the reasons why my wife is able to minister to people and, and is what we've been through. What you don't see when you see our five kids is see the really hard three miscarriages we had. You don't see the two and a half years plus it took us to get pregnant, right? Going to doctors, poked and prodded and not knowing what was wrong or this or when everyone around us was asking Listen, for those of you that are getting married or, you know, everyone's going to ask you, as soon as you, when you're dating someone, they're going to ask you, when are you getting married? Then when you get engaged, they're going to be like, and get married, then they'll be like, when are you going to start having kids? And then when you start having kids, the questions don't stop. Now it's, when are you going to stop having kids? (laughs) Everybody sees us with five kids. They're like, do you know what causes that? I'm like, no, help me. Please, someone tell me. (laughs) It gets really cold in Kansas City, so Darren, I don't know. It's cold in Wyoming. Just saying. Just saying. But when you see that picture, right, and you put, people put that up there and they put their lives out there and you see this and you don't necessarily see the tipping points that they've been through. 
And part of the reason the last 13 years my wife has been able and her friends have been able to minister to other moms and what they do is because she's been through some stuff. And the things she's walked women through, her, her and Kayla and, and uh, Natasha are a part of the prayer team at Mops. And every week after their meetings, they bring moms into a room that need prayer. They're going through some stuff. And, man, they deal with some, some stuff that these women are going through, right? And they're able to walk. Some of them aren't even Christians, a lot of them. And they come to this to join, to, to get around other mothers, to figure out how to go and do life as a mom, right? So you see that, right? And you see those pictures. And now my wife and I are able to serve in those areas because of the tipping points that we've been through. I'm not saying we got it figured out. Just ask my kids, right? We don't understand it all, right? But we've been through some things that we can go after. Think about your life. What tipping points have you been to? Remember, you can't serve unless you have authority. You can't have authority unless you serve. What areas have you been through in your life that you could think, man, I've I don't have it all together. Paul even said that. I've not attained it, but the one thing I know is Christ and him crucified. He had that. That was a tipping point Paul went through. It caused him being knocked off a donkey and blind for a while, but he went through it. He didn't get stuck and stop at that tipping point. And if he would have never come through it, we would have never heard his name. If he was struck off his donkey and blind and never went through the tipping point and just stopped that and hit a wall and said, you know what, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to go. I want to I go back. I want to be a fisherman. If Peter would have done that, we'd have never heard about him walking on the water. If he'd have just stopped at that moment and said, you know what, mm, I'm good where I'm at, right? I like my little fishing nets. I like this. I'm good right now. What hinders us from walking through these tipping points and not turning back? What is that wall? What is that stopping point that you hit? That, is, it, is it fear? Is it condemnation? I'm not good enough? Is it doubt? Right? As we were singing that song, let heaven come, like, in our hearts. Like, I was praying, God, through, in, in my heart first. I don't care about talking into a microphone. Like, let it come in my heart. So that way, then it flows in my marriage, then it flows in with my family, right? Like, let it come in, in my heart first, so then I can have that place where I've walked through and been through some things. And then I can help other people. Then we're doing our true north. We're transforming people, transforming culture. Right? I'm not saying that there's no one up here that's not broken. Everybody that's ever on this stage has been broken. Been broken through life. You can't put them on a pedestal, but you got to realize that they've been through some tipping points and they've given them a place of authority to speak from. I want to share a story with you guys about three people you know a lot. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You ever heard those guys? Has anyone never heard those names before? No, it's like, don't raise your hand. That's weird. Like, what? why is he making me raise my hand? I don't know who these guys are. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I want to, why were they so brave in the face of death, right? I want to read this verse out of Daniel 3, 16, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. What he told them is, so to give you a little backstory on this, you should have heard about this story before, but if not, here we go. So the king's up there, the, the Israelites are in slavery, right? They're over in Persia. He's up there, he's a king, and he's making these golden idols, these images of himself, and he's telling everyone, bow. And guess what everybody's doing? They're bowing, because he's got lions and he's got fire that we know of and probably other torturous ways to hurt people. So people are bowing all over the place, and these three guys wouldn't do it. And so what happened? The king's friends came to him and said, hey, king, listen, there's these three Israelites over here. They're not bowing. He's like, what do you mean? Those are my guys. They were in a place of authority already in the city. He said, bring them in here. This can't be right. 
So he brings them in, he asks them, and they, this is where they say, like, we're not, we don't need to answer or defend ourselves to you in this matter. It says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. God's able to get us through this critical point, this tipping point that we're at. Do you think that they were doing it because they're like, hey, listen, let's answer really good because someone's going to write our names down one day and then a lot of people are going to talk about us in front of people for thousands of years. No, they were at this point facing death, going into a furnace and saying, listen, this is a, this is a tipping point in our lives. What do we stand for? What do we have inside of us that makes us stand? Listen, I love the fact that they said your majesty twice. They never got disrespectful. They never got disrespectful to their leader. They said, listen, your majesty, we respect you and your position, but it's in our hearts. We can't get past this. We will not pass this tipping point for you. We won't bow, right? And we won't bow for them. They had that point come in them. They were at a critical tipping point. If they decided to bow, listen, we would have never heard their names. Do you know how many thousands of people bow before the king and we don't know their names? If they said, you know what, Mm, I don't like fire, it's really hot, I don't want to die, I'm good, let's just, guys, let's do this, right? And let's, we're going to bow. We never would have heard their names, right? And there are thousands of people that were written down that could have been these guys that did bow, Think about you and what story is your life writing? What story is the life that you're living writing right now? What points are you at where you say, listen, I'm just not going to bow. One day this is going to be written, right? One day this is going to be written in the the Lamb's Book of Life. Someone's going to read this story one day, and it's going to provide courage to them because I just chose not to bow, right? Whether that's I'm choosing not to bow to sickness, I'm choosing not to bow to, listen, I'm coming out, I'm getting come after at my job, I'm try, you know, someone's trying to get me fired or whatever the case may be, or I'm not making money, I'm not making the sales I need to make, I'm not going to bow, I'm not going to give in, I'm going to go through this tipping point. Think about the life story that you're writing. Thousands, thousands of people bowed and we never heard their name. They would have never been a blip on the radar of history if they'd have chose to bow, but they didn't. They didn't get stuck. Darren said this a couple weeks ago or last week. They didn't get stuck in that tension between a critical decision and that tipping point. A lot of times we get stuck right there, and we just freeze. And I, my belief is that indecision, indecisive, is the same as agreeing to it. If they said, Your Majesty, you know what, give us, give us like six months. Let me think this through. Do you think he would have said, oh, you got this, guys. Go away for six months, and we'll come back and visit this. No, because then what would have happened to him? His authority as the king would have been questioned, because everybody else was like, oh, these guys are questioning it. He had to live up to what he said. Right? So sometimes we get stuck at that tension, that point, and we just decide, "Mm, freeze, I'm going to wait. I I hear this a lot of times when I talk to friends and family members that are single and they are getting married or they're dating. I'm going to wait. I got to work on some stuff before I'm, I got to work on, I got to work on some things before I'm ready. If we all waited till we were perfect to get married, how many know the earth would be full of single people? (laughs) Right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Thank God my wife saw past it all. Right? And, was, and still stuck it out. Yeah, some of the guys are like, amen to that. I got, the, I got the best marriage advice from my grandparents at my wedding. 
They take the microphone around, and they, you know, this 2002 it was a long time ago. They didn't have cell phones back then with cameras. I know, I'm old. They didn't have them. And so they're taking the camera around, the microphone, they're asking everybody, hey, what's your advice you want to give them? They get to my grandma and grandpa, who were in their late 70s at the time, had been married for, I think, almost 60 years at that point in their life. So they've been through some stuff, right? My grandma gives this eloquent answer. She was a teacher. She was a speaker. She gives this eloquent answer. I don't even remember what it says. All I remember is what my grandpa said. They put the microphone in front of him and said, what's your advice? Young couple getting married. 60 years of marriage, what are you going to say? He said, yes, dear. <laughs> and that's it. I remember that. I wrote it down. I'm like, that's, yes, I got this. 17 years, I'm almost, we're getting it. We're figuring it out, right? But if we wait and we want to work on ourselves, don't get stuck at that point. Come on, church, don't get stuck at that point and feel like you have to be perfect to go and do something. I won't be standing on this stage if Darren texts me and says, hey, do you want to speak? No, I appreciate it, Darren, but i gotta, I got to work on some stuff. i got to figure this out, right? i got to figure out this life, right? You, this is where we have the grace of God to come on our lives and say, listen, I'm working through this. Like I read that book, Fail Until You Don't. You go through life, and it's okay, and don't get stuck at those failures. If you hit a tipping point, you hit a wall, and you fall down, what do you do? You get back up, and you try it again. And maybe you figure it out a different way. Right? If you run at it about seven times the same way and you keep falling down, like, we'll talk about that in a minute, how to get past that, right? But you know the definition of insanity, right? And their story doesn't end there. So they didn't get stuck. Their story doesn't end there, right? So in verse 25, he throws them in a fire. The king does what he says he's going to do. He's a man of his word, if anything, right? Throws them in. And one of his counselors says, look, Nebuchadnezzar says, look, I see four men unbound walking around the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. He sees four in there, so Nebuchadnezzar throws them in, then he sees four of them walking around. Who is that fourth one? Jesus. There's number two. I got it. Got it from my father-in-law. He said, mention him a couple times. Jesus is in the fire, and the king sees that. Nebuchadnezzar sees that, and he throws them in. He commits to that, and these guys are at this critical tipping point. They decide not to bow. They said, listen, king, we're not going to bow. We can't do this. Our God is able to save us. Even if not, we can't bow. Even if God's not going to save us from this fire, just let it be known that we will not bow. Write it down that these three guys said no, even if they were to die that day, but they didn't. They went through, they went through some things that day, and they went in the fire, right? We need to get excited when these times come into our lives. When these critical tipping points hit us, we need to get excited because we sang a song, I think it was a couple weeks ago, Another One in the Fire, this song, and I've been listening to that on repeat for like three weeks. Like, I get jazzed up when I hear that because at this point in our lives, that's when Jesus, we know that he's right there. Because was he with them in the fire? Yes. Was he with Jesus or was he with Peter when he was walking on the water? Yes. Was he with Daniel when in the lion's den? Yes. Was he with the thieves on the cross? Yes. He was there every time he's there through the history, not just the 33 years he was alive in human flesh on this earth. He's there. So when you hit these times, don't get discouraged. Don't get sad and caught up in it. Come on, man. we got to walk through some things, and we know that we have the great intercessor right there with us going through it. Right? If you don't know how to get through something, you've never been through it before, he's been through it all. You think 15 years, 2 million customer situations that I've been through, you think he's been through a few more? Right? You know what I'm talking about? Jesus has been through some stuff. Look at verse 30. So beyond that tipping point, they were given authority. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the providence of Babylon. Come on. 
You want to get authority in something? Go through some fire. Go through something. They come out, and what, he could have shoved them away. Don't ever talk about this. I put these guys in the fire. They didn't get burned. I don't want to ever hear about them. Just send them away. No, what did he do? He promoted them. He promoted them. I can't tell you how many times in the 15 years I've worked for this company, and I've gone through some stuff where I'm like 50-50, fired or not. I don't know what's going to happen. And then I get promoted. I'm like, ugh. People ask me, Brian, how would you get promoted? I don't know. I just fail until I don't. I go through some things and figure it out, right? But my heart's always set on doing the right thing. This is where we got to figure some things out. This is where when we go through those tipping points that we get excited about it. Now they're in a place of authority. Now that they're in a place of authority in Babylon, now they can do what? Now they can serve a nation. Now that they're given this place of authority over Babylon, which at that time was the, the ruling power in the world, these guys are promoted. Their buddy Daniel is too, if you read it in this book, right? He's promoted too. Now they can serve. Three foreigners, four foreigners, not from there, not bowing, not doing this. Nebuchadnezzar says, listen, their God's going to be the only God. This is the one we're talking about. Now they can serve. Do we want to be a transformed people, transforming culture? Is that what we want to go after? Right? Is this our true north as the harbor? This is what we are. This is our being, right? This is tattooed on our hearts. Just transform people, transforming culture. Listen, let's go through some things. Let's get promoted. Right? Grant gave a message six months ago, five months ago or something. I was talking about it in the workplace and how he's serving and what he's doing and getting promoted and helping out. And I'm like, yes, God, please. Right? Some of the tipping points I've been through in my life, if we can get the worship band come back up here, but some of the tipping points I've been through in my life, when I, I got saved when I was 12 and a half years old, right? And then I, I had a pretty awesome salvation experience that week at a, at a youth event. And then I immediately just like plugged into God, let's go, right? Going to this youth group, just on fire, going to events, acquire the fire, team mania, doing things right, ready to go. And I had one of our youth leaders, Ms. Sheila, come over and she, she prophesied over me. She goes, Brian, you're going to be a missionary first in the United States and then overseas. I said, cool. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what a missionary was. I just, awesome. Two thumbs up, right? Then I go to the acquire the fire meeting. I join up a team. I go to Albania in 1994. I was there the same summer as Darren. We didn't cross paths that I remember, but I was 14 years old. I go to Albania. Our, uh, the second time someone said that same exact word was, his name was Elvis. He was our interpreter. He traveled around with us that summer, and Elvis says, hey, Brian, can I pray for you? I said, of course. And he goes, you're a missionary first in the United States and overseas, but I'm already overseas. I'm confused about it or whatever, but he says the same word. I come back. We start going to another church. Keith, the guy that does the worship on our, our stage, grabs me one night and says, Brian, I got a word for you. He says, you're going to be a missionary first in the United States overseas. None of these three people knew each other. No, no one, still to this day, none of them know each other. And I get this message, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I was at a tipping point. What am I going to do? Right? Then in my senior year of high school, I signed up to join the Marines. I am so proud of anyone that serves our country. My grandpa, I talked about, World War II vet. We'll give it up for anybody that serves our country. So I signed up to join the Marines. Where I, the town we grew up in, North Carolina, you're either a farmer, you're a fisherman, or you go join the military. That's like the three occupations you could possibly have when you leave. We had a thousand-acre farm. My grandpa had passed. We weren't going to do that farm anymore, right? So I'm like, I'm going to join the Marines. So I joined the Marines. I have a curved back. I have really high arches on the feet. I don't know if I could do too good on the physical part of it. My ASVAB, I aced. I'm ready to do good. I'm joining in. I'm, I'm getting my buddies to sign up with me. I'm going through this. And the whole time in my heart, I knew I was running from God. I knew it because of those three words. And I was at a tipping point. And I go to this youth conference 
this, this night, the, the, this uh, ministry called New Life Drama Company was in our town, and I go to this night, and they're giving a message, and they're like, giving an altar call, and they said, someone here is about to make a decision. You're about to do something you know you're not supposed to do. Come up here. And I'm sitting in the front row. I just lost it. It's me. So I come up sobbing, and they're like, what can I pray for you for? I'm like, what you just said. is Right? My mom was happy. She's like, he's not joining the Marines. Good. I'm going to do this. But I, I had to go home, and I had to tell my dad. That was tough. My dad's not saved yet, right? He was proud of me for joining the Marines. I was going to sign up and go still in high school. And not only did I say, Dad, I'm not going to join the Marines, I'm going to join this New Life Drama Company. We're, we're a bunch of hippies in a van driving around the country. For, I did it for two years, and I need support every month. <laughs> right? Yeah, that went over great. It was an awesome conversation in my life. But I did it. I joined... I joined, I traveled for two years. I went to 42 of the 50 states in the United States traveling and preaching the gospel. That's where I met, uh, went out to California, met my future in-laws before I even knew who they were, stayed at their apartment, ended up coming up, going to that Bible college in California. They go to the mission field in India. Dennis pulls me aside. He says, Brian, keep an eye on my daughter for me. I said, okay. He comes back. We're engaged. He's like, what did you do? I was like, I did what you said. I kept an eye on her. Two. Both of them, right? And then we got married, right? 2002. We got married in 2002, and it's been heaven ever since, right, honey? No. We've been through some tipping points. But I want to finish up. I want to wrap up with this today. I told you by the end of the day, I want you to be able to help recognize some tipping points in your life and be able to share those and come to a place of authority in that so then you could turn that into and serve, right? That doesn't necessarily mean you need to be up here at a microphone. If so, cool. If not, serve in the area you're in. Find out your area and serve in that. So how do you recognize when you've gone through or going through a tipping point? Number one, don't forget the memorials. Darren said this a couple weeks ago. He preached out of Joshua 4. When they went through, he told one of each of the tribes to go grab a rock, and they built a memorial, and they said, let it be known what happened here, and we're never going to forget my wife and I do this. Last Saturday was our anniversary. We do this every year. We do our year in review. So we go out for our anniversary. We talk and we say, okay, let's do our year in review. So we go through the last year. And we just, okay, we start with our last anniversary. What did we do last year? Okay, after that. And then always after our anniversary, a week later is my son's birthday. We planned it that way so I don't forget it. I'm smart. No, I'm not. But we have that. What did we do for Ian's birthday last year? Okay, what did we do? Come up. Her birthday's in November. We got Thanksgiving and so on. We just go through the year and we try to remember what God did that last year. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We go through it all. We don't just do the highlight reel, you know? We don't just go through our Instagram posts and be like, man, yeah, hashtag blessed. Last year was good. Look at this. No, we try to go through it all and try to remember so that way we can have that conversation and walk through some things and learn about it, right? Don't forget the memorials about it. This allows you to remember how good God was because sometimes it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget how good God is in our lives. When he, even if it's something little, you write those things down, you journal. I take every note every Sunday. I'm typing in this iPad. I've got notes going back in here for years, years, years. i got notes in here of things I've done and, and used and been able to walk through, right? And God's able to pull those up and use them in an instant. I was in Utica, New York, right before we moved to Florida. I was in Utica, New York. We had our youth group up there from Kansas. We were at Mike Savello's church. Jimmy knows him. And we were at his church and we were preaching. And they have, Utica, New York is one of the biggest areas for um, refugees in the United States. 
Burmese and Nepalese people, Utica, New York, what, in the middle of nowhere, New York. And you go there, and there's whole towns and city blocks full of nothing but Burmese and Nepalese refugees. When I say refugees, I mean these people that came out of refugee camps. They've been through hell. Most of them born in refugee camps overseas, and they come over, and they bring them over in waves and waves. So we're preaching, and I'm doing the service with the youth group on Sunday morning, and I think the first service we preached was at the Nepali service, so I preached. We had the interpreter. We go through. It was great. I was going to do the same message twice. And then during worship, this girl was up there singing worship in Burmese, and she was singing in English half of it, and I'm like, Holy Spirit came on. I'm like, nope, I can't do that message. And I went through my notes, and it just went down to remember this, and I pulled up a message that my pastor had preached months ago, and I just got up and preached it, and it was the first time ever. I'm not patting myself on the back. It was my pastor's message. It was the first time ever altar call was given at that service. Every single person in the church came forward. Every single one. These were women that were bent, born and raped and everything they've gone through in this. We had our youth group stand up front. We had these 13, 14, 17-year-old kids up front praying for them. And they came up and you saw the power of God falling at church. And the pastor came up and said, we've never done an altar call before. Never. Never done one before. And they responded in such a way we were able to go through a tipping point and help these people through something in their lives. So don't forget the memorials. Number two, surround yourself with spiritual family and leaders. This is big. This is so big. Can I have, if you're a small group leader for the harbor, can you raise your hand real quick around? Look around this room. If you're not involved in a small group at this church, I'm telling you, you're missing out on such an important part of your life. You've got to get plugged in. Don't do it by yourself. Remember, if you want to go far, go, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together surround yourself with some people and they can help see you and they can help look and see like hey am I going through a tipping point like am I doing good right now I'm struggling with this help me out I'm telling you Darren and Wendy don't have the time to field all the phone calls that's why there's a pastoral team that's why there's small groups that's why there's leaders set up like this they did that in the Bible hello remember Moses and he said leaders of tens leaders of hundreds leaders of thousands right we're just trying to follow that model here surround yourself with people Small groups, spiritual mentors, just be ready to go through life. You know, as we close today, I just, I really felt like, as Justin was even opening, he goes, man, some of you might be in a good spot. You might have had a great week. Some of you might, you might just be going through it right now. But God's the same. He loves us all. I want to invite our, our ministry team to come forward, our altar team. And here's what I want to do today as we close the service. If you're going through something and you're at that point, you feel like you're at that critical point of a tipping point in your life. It could be anything. It could be spiritual. It could be financial. It could be relationship-wise. It could be anything. What am I on this earth for? What am I called to do, right? What, what am I running through spinning my wheels for? If you're at that point you want someone to pray with you, I want to invite you up in a moment to come up here and get some prayer and connect with someone to help walk through some of these tipping points. Can I just ask everybody to stand real quick as we wrap today? As we go into this, first I want to, anyone, if you have kids, I want to release you. Go relieve our, our, our child care workers and go get your kids. And then if you want to bring them back and come back and get some prayer, do it. Because here's what I believe is going to happen today, that as you come out, and you step out in faith and join up with someone up here and say, listen, I just need some help walking through this tipping point right now. I believe God's just going to show up. He's going to show up and you're going to start having dreams and visions and words spoken to you how to get through these tipping points. Amen.
Let's pray. God, we just love you today. God, we know you're the same as we were singing that last song, God, heaven come in our lives. Let the kingdom come on this earth, God. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for helping us see and get through these tipping points in our lives, God. Bless us today, God, as we go out to this week, God. Let us see these tipping points and not come up against the wall and fall back, but God, let us go through them. Let us be at that point where we're going past them and beyond and seeing what you have in store for us next to serve and to get that authority in that area. So if that's you and you want that prayer, come forward today. Thank you.